I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Self in hope of making it five league wins in a row, but Charlton was sunk by a late goal beside the seaside. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good afternoon and welcome to a, a slightly earlier than usual edition of uh, Charlton Live. My name is uh, Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to look back at yesterday's 2-1 defeat, unfortunately, uh, up at Blackpool, is Mr Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Living the dream as always. Yeah. Um, uh, we have to look back at a defeat for hmm. the first time in a, in a while, if we're, if we're not counting the FA Cup, which we don't around these parts. Um, yeah, so we're, we will be looking back at yesterday's uh, late loss up at Blackpool. We're going to hear the highlights in a few moments' time. We're also going to hear the full interview uh, post-match from the Charlton manager, Lee Bay. Uh, Tom and uh, Lewis from uh, our Charlton Live show went up there yesterday and actually recorded a, a diary for us. So we're going to hear how they got on uh, during their game, their views of, of the performance. Uh, and also we want to hear from you guys as well, of course. You can uh, let us know what you made of yesterday's defeat, uh, which players stood out, uh, which players did not. Perhaps anything you want to say, let us know. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can have your say on the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for this evening's show, or this afternoon's show as well. We're doing the show slightly earlier today. Uh, we've got the uh, playoff final anniversary dinner uh, upstairs here uh, straight away after the show, so that's why we're doing it earlier, uh, so we can go and attend that. So, Nathan, um, you heard uh, the, the defeat, mm. and, mm, I mean, first half, we actually had the first chance of the game, but then we were pretty poor in that first half. Just couldn't seem to to keep hold of the ball and make any headway up at the other end of the pitch until maybe the very closing stages of it. Second half, we came out, we looked a lot better, we got our goal. Uh, and it, if it, it looked like if there was going to be a team to nick it, it would be us because we were putting them under a lot of pressure in that second half. But then we just get get dealt with a sucker punch, really. I mean, it's payback for the Burton Albion defeat, uh, win, win a couple of weeks ago. But it's, it's such a shame, really, because I think that first half overall has probably cost us. Yeah, and I think Bo's... Um alluded to it in his interview that you know it wasn't good enough we started going a bit more direct for um uh, for whatever reason and i think obviously terry said in the 
in the interview after the game? Did he think it was because of the weather or... Um, and, you know, Bose couldn't really put his finger on it. So he obviously um, got the lad to settle down a little bit. But yeah, like you say, I think that first half performance is... Because you're chasing a game then, being 1-0 one one down away from home. So it makes it obviously a lot more trickier. Mm, certainly. Uh, right, let's have a listen to the highlights. Uh, first of all, you'll notice uh, Blackpool's first goal ever so slightly got cut off. So we just sort of catch the end of it. But this is how it went down uh, over on Valley Pass yesterday with Greg Stubbley and with Terry Smith. Going on a little bit of a run, looking for an angle, finds Taylor, lovely Taylor, quick. lovely dummy into Grant, Grant turns, thought about the shot, finds Taylor again, edge of the penalty area, now oh. takes the shot, turned away to his left hand side by Howard, and Charlton have a corner, a lovely attacking move by the attic step over, goes past him, Stevenson can't block the cross in, Nangelo's there, goes to the far stick, back over, and that's an important interception by Bielik. For Taylor, it's a lovely switch across to the right side, and um, they sort of had a couple of extra players on the right side, Blackpool. And Feeney was able to get the ball into the box and Steer couldn't get it far out enough and it came nicely to Nunchley as an open goal in the end. But I talked about the, the creativity from out wide and how Charlton haven't defended that well. And I think the last five minutes or so, it's all been Blackpool. Charlton need to react. Dodu, it's a lovely layoff towards Thompson inside, back to Dodu again. And oh. Dummies and Dodu with the Sorry. shot and a great save from Steer diving to his right. Joe Dodu trying to score against his former side onto his left foot and it's a cracking save from the Charlton keeper Taylor up to the right to Solly now Lapsley Lapsley to Taylor on the edge of the box Taylor forward towards Lapsley in the penalty Lapsley he beats his man can he get the ball across he comes to Grant turns oh. it down to Fosu it's cleared away the shot from Grant was blocked he looked for all the world it was going goal round oh, and Blackpool just about deal with it Tilton and Hennigan have all come up and they've passed it short Thompson Taylor has it back and Thompson in acres of space can control his ball into the box a decent one it's a header goal bound it's a great save from Steer the header in the end from Tilt of all players out by Billick backwards it goes and there is the half time whistle to conclude a lively first 45 minutes at Bloomfield Road Daniels oh. under pressure from Taylor again just my heart stopped for a moment as Fosso <laughs> gets on the ball as a ball well. inside to Billick who brings the ball forward for Charlton He's just been taken out twice Billick but he's on a great run finds Grant on the right hand side Grant in the penalty area Grant trying to shape a shoot Shane come on Grant's shot was deflected and might be an own goal but the addicts won't care as they equalise is Rebo in the penalty area as well I think the final ball might have come off Daniels Grant with the run on the right hand side the ball across and Charlton equalise well I think a Rebo will claim that whether it came off Joe at the, uh, at the end is, uh, is debatable but Christian Billick what a superb run that was he, had, he, he avoided two challenges first one from Nangelay could have been a free kick the second one I didn't see who the Blackpool player was also could have been a free kick but uh, rode two challenges got the ball out to Carlin Grant on the right hand side as Charlton attack at the corner of the penalty area driven cross and I don't know if it was Daniels who was in with the challenge on Joe Rebo but uh, Joe Rebo's claiming it Lovely move to, to get Dodu. Dodu gets past Lapsley. Dodu approaching the penalty area. Players on the far side. Dodu well. coming into the penalty area. Lapsley goes in. back oh. and it's a great last ditch challenge. Oh, I agree with you, It looked like Lapsley <laughs> might have conceded a penalty. George, what a last ditch challenge in George the end. Lapsley. Lapsley did superbly. I was telling him, as you heard, not to dog a flick on. Yes, that's a lovely flick, flick as well. Finds Marshall. He's in there behind Mark Marshall. He's got Taylor in the middle. Taylor. Oh, he didn't take his handball. That has oh. to be handball. Oh, oh my word I didn't Daniels see who dived in, in Daniels he slid in and looked for all the world like it came off his hand bypassed his foot oh I need to see that yes, tees up Lapsley tries to back heel it into Stevenson does so finds Grant behind him Grant corner of the penalty area looking for a space to make a shot does so oh, oh just past oh, the word. post to the left hand side and it's a goal kick and Taylor's gone down injured in the process the Charlton left hand side Taylor battling with Hennigan Hennigan gets the head there up to Delfinesu into the centre circle taken on Reeves goes past him out to the right hand side and Guy Guy up against Christian Billick ball into the box uh, and it's got beyond uh, Pierce and it's a finish from Delfinesu to put Blackpool 2-1 up that's absolutely gutting for the Addicts it's a lovely ball to pick him out by Guy. He's made a good run in between Pierce and Stevenson. Definitely it's a great finish as well. And Charlton will be absolutely gutted. In the second half, they've, they've performed really well. They've not got that leading goal. And Blackpool 
it just took one moment of quality. The pass was superb, and oh my lord, they're playing this, which doesn't help. But Chalmers be so frustrated with that, so frustrated. That is the final whistle. Didn't play the four minutes for me, but still, the referee blows up here at Bloomfield Road, and Charlton have succumbed to the manager of the month curse. Yeah, so things didn't go to plan, unfortunately, up at Bloomfield Road yesterday. Uh, Nathan D- uh, Delfonso or Delfonizo's <laughs> last minute, uh, last minute, uh, well, last couple of minute goals uh, for, uh, for for Blackpool steals the points. It was frustrating. Charlton seemed to be in the ascendancy as we went into those closing stages, but. You know, you've got to make it count, and, and we didn't really, unfortunately, yesterday. No, and um, I think, obviously, judging by obviously the the highlights, we had, we had plenty of chances to uh, put them away, and then, obviously, there was the big talking point in terms of the player, but you still, if, you, if you're given chances uh, and, and you're away from home, you know, definitely where you need to try and do a snatch and grab like we did at Burton, you need to take them, and it come back to haunt us yesterday with, mm. like you say, Nathan Delphine, So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you talk about the, 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 the major talking point after the game from Lee Bayer was whether there should have been a second yellow card for Curtis Tilt. Now, one of the, the, the Blackpool players, he'd already been booked... I think it was for a trip on Fosu, and then there, there was a point where he sort of he took out um, took out Lyle Taylor, and I mean he's d- described as a rugby challenge style thing. We've seen that in the last last few games from Chris Solly, haven't we? And he, he certainly got booked for it. So I mean, on another day that should be a yellow card. But then I counter that with I mean uh, Lyle Taylor got got a yellow card in, in the second half, but before that he clearly should have been booked for a, quite a nasty challenge near the halfway line, you know, missed time challenge where I thought he would have got a yellow card as well. So I guess if we're going to look at one of them, we have to look at the both of them. But at the same time, you know, if if Blackpool do go down to 10 men in the first half, then that could have made it a very different game. Or they could have just very much gone into their shell and made them made themselves very hard to break down, which they already are. They, they concede some of the fewest uh, amounts of goals in League One already. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's all, it's all in hindsight, isn't it? But, I mean, when there's a talking point like that, it's always going to be at the front of Bo's mind and... It just seems. It's, it's, he said it before. It's like consistency. It's just like well, it shouldn't really matter because you usually have that myth if someone does like a, a challenge in the first ten minutes and if we had card that they usually wouldn't get sent off. But it shouldn't actually be like that. You know, the rules are the rules. But but like you say, if if Taylor should have been sent off, um, then maybe he should have. So at least he was consistently bad for both teams. Then I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now, of course, the, the the big team news beforehand. We all know that last week we rested all these players, um, and I'm sure we'll come on to that for <laughs> later, later on in the show. Um, but uh, he pretty much brought everyone back from from, from the Burton game. Other than, of course, Toby Stevenson was making his uh, his league debut at left back. So I think you'd say that therefore Naby was sort of dropped because he played at left back up at Burton. Um, I thought I thought Toby did okay. Uh, he was given a, a torrid time in the first half by Liam Feeney, but on the whole. He he did okay. I think he'll be reasonably happy with his performance. Um, but you know, big big day for the young man to get to get your your senior league debut. Yeah, of course, and it's a testament to to the hard work he's been putting in, and obviously the performances. I mean, one remember when we spoke to Bowyer after um, uh, Stevenage, wasn't it? And yeah, you know, he said that Toby had a good game, um, but he didn't know if he was if he was ready yet, and he's been given a couple games since then. Obviously, the Mansfields and. Obviously, yesterday. So it's showing that he's obviously doing something right in training. So, is he going to be a first choice left back? No, he isn't. But at least you know he's obviously he's pushing now, and Bowie knows that you can trust him. So it was a great day for him. Mm. Just showing about the result. Yeah. Um, so Charlton started in the first five ten minutes, five minutes or so. We actually strung a, a move together. It was a nice move actually, involving uh, Aribo, I think, as well as well as Grant and uh, and Taylor. Ended up with Taylor having the effort. On the right-hand side, uh, that was well saved by the goalkeeper. But then we, we really did seem to fall apart in that first half. And, you know, Blackpool started to really assert themselves. And, and you know, we, we've had that perhaps a couple of times in the, in the last couple of away games. Even that Burton game that we did go on to win, we, we, we struggled to, to find ourselves within the game at, at times. I mean, why do you think that we, you know, away from home over the last couple of results? I mean, these are good teams <laughs> at home, of course, in, in Blackpool and Burton. But, you know... We knew we know in that second half that we can assert ourselves on the game. So why do you, why do you think we weren't quite able to do it in that first half? Yeah, it's it's hard to put your finger on because, like I say, we've done it in the second half. But maybe you know, playing away from home, you're going to get pressed a lot higher. Maybe whereas when you're playing at home, a lot of teams will probably sit behind the ball more. But I don't know. I mean, unless because then you could think, oh, maybe they're not confident enough. But then they are a confident bunch and they can play like that. You like you said, they did in the second half. So. And I think that's what the frustrating thing is. Um, 
obviously for Bose and Jacko, is that they know, they know what they're capable of, and it's, we're just not. And I think that's the story of our season so far. We've not really been consistent uh, throughout. Whereas if you look at teams like Portsmouth, they're pretty consistent. So and that they obviously it's, it's the signs show that in the table. So um, yeah, it's disappointing, but. We have to do it for 90 minutes. We can't just do it for 45 minutes and expect to get three points away from home against good teams. Yeah, and obviously the goal that we conceded, it did come from, from that, that left-hand side as a, from a Charlton point of view. Um, it was a good ball over to, to Liam Feeney on that far side. Got the low cross into the middle. I mean, Jed Steer palmed it in, into, the, into a danger zone. I mean, he had to get something onto the cross. And it's just one of those ones where you're going to pray as a goalkeeper that it falls to one of your players as, as the low ball comes fizzing across. But it fell to Arman Nangele. Uh, to, to poke it ahead and all of a sudden I guess you, you're sort of up against it yeah exactly and then you, you're chasing a game which you, you know we've both said already that it's a team that don't concede many goals they've only lost to Sunderland and Bristol I think at home this year so you know they're not exactly uh, going to be easy to play against and then you're chasing the game but we've got, we got foothold back in it but yeah it just makes the whole complex of the game and probably both taxes a little bit more different because you're going to have to be a little bit more riskier and more expressive in your play. I mean, looking at the goal, was there anything that you felt that we could have done better? Could, could the mm. keeper have held on to it or palmed it somewhere else? Or is it, it, for me, it was such a good fizz cross. There wasn't really a great deal that he could actually do. No, exactly. I mean, in hindsight, you'd say, you know, you'd try and push the ball out to, out to the side so you're outside of danger. But sometimes it's just a reaction save, isn't it? If it's fizzed in and it's coming out with your speed, you've just got to get something on it. Um, and like you say, hope it's picked up. The second ball's picked up by your team, but you know we can't really can't grumble too much, um, really, in terms of like, like Jed. I mean, he obviously had to get something on it, but it, it, it is what it is, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, and then we re- we were we were really up against it after that. We just could not keep hold of the ball. And I think it goes to show that when we're not playing the ball around nicely and, and, and keep losing position, then we're never going to find our way through through other teams. It, it took it took a long time up until very. Very much the end of that first half before we started to to gain any sort of momentum in the game, mm. and that's that. That could be a combination of of us not doing things properly, and also Blackpool obviously know it, doing their homework on us and not letting us the space to play. Um, but like I said, I think for us, we just need to try and be that little bit more consistent because we've. I know we've only just dropped out the the playoffs, and it's you know it's not over. Of course, it isn't, but. For us to maintain in that sort of top, top, almost fifth or sixth now, because I think the others are getting, they're getting cut away. But uh, we just need to maintain the standards that which we all seen throughout the whole season how we can play sometimes, like that Barnsley game. Mm. That's what that's the standards we should be setting. Um, that's the standards we set. So that's what we should be aspiring to each week. Right. Uh, there was there was a couple more chances for Blackpool actually before we finally uh, found our way back into it. Um, I, th- I think Steer made a, a really good save from a, a Joe Dodu effort on him as well. <laughs> yeah, she looked all right. She yeah, looked, looked reasonably lively. <laughs> Amazing, that, so, isn't yeah. it? She never did for us any. <laughs> of course, the, the Charlton that he, uh, he suffered while he was uh, while he was with us. And then we, we did finally start, as I said, just towards the end of that first half to have a couple of chances. Lapsley um, uh, was, was played through a lovely one-two, and he, his shot was blocked. Now, when you watch it back, actually, it looked like it hit an arm. Um, but uh, it, it would have been tough to have seen that given as a penalty because the arm was right down by the side and it, the, the rebound fell to Grant that was well saved uh, as well and then just before half time I mean Tilt who arguably shouldn't have been on the pitch at this point uh, won a header from a corner it was, it was well saved by, uh, by, by Jed Steer and we're getting, we're getting to the interval at half time the heavens open so we were I was half thinking actually I wouldn't say no for it's being called off right now the way <laughs> we were playing at the time but you know, it's a chance to regroup and I guess it looked, judging by how we started the second half it looked like Lee Bayer really, really laid into him at the break yeah, yeah, I think he must. He would have had to um, if it, you know he was saying how bad, you know, how poor we were in the first half, and he, he obviously said in his post match he just needed to remind them of how good they are and how, and how they should just get it on the floor a little bit more. Because he did say in the week, I think um, Tony Hudd said in his in his post match if the if the play if the pitch would make Bowyer change his way of playing, and he said no. Um, but obviously, on all accounts of the first half, then it obviously the players did because they mm. weren't doing what Bose was what. what what he expects so but uh, yeah they know that he can give them a good rollicking if he needs to so um, in fairness the pitch actually seemed alright when we were out mm. there we, uh, when we got there we were having a chat with the groundsman and he was uh, he was very proud of the work he'd done in the six months or so he'd been at Blackpool the, uh, the groundsman they had last year uh, had been sacked <laughs> by the sounds of it mm. uh, but and, yeah and the pitch was in a much better state it still had, it still had issues with the, the sand in the corner and all that but mm. it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, too bad now like I say we, we did start to come out in that second half and started to 
put him under a little bit of pressure and the goal came from a superb run from, from Christian Billick brought the ball out of defence or out of defensive midfield played it over to Carlin Grant who's in space and sometimes when you're at that angle sometimes you just got to drill it low into the mm. into the middle of the six yard box and see what falls to you now in the uh, in the highlights you heard there from, from Greg and even myself from where we were sitting in the press box it looked like it went off the back of uh, Donovan Daniels' like shin and then just went into the goal. But then when you watch the replay, it is Joe Rebo just nipped ahead of him. You know, that's his fifth goal of the season now, Joe. I mean, always talking about how Jake Forster Kasky added goals to his game ever since Bayer started coaching him. It seems to be uh, working quite nicely for, for Joe Rebo as well. Yeah, he's, he's obviously getting himself in those sort of areas. It wouldn't surprise me if he's... Um he's going to aim for double figures I would imagine I don't know if he's, oh, he might come out and said that I don't know yeah he has isn't it yeah so I mean and that's what you've got to, he's got to sort of aim for um, because he's capable of it um, you know he's very good with the ball at his feet we know how good he is in terms of going past players um, and the good thing about Joey he's got all the goals that he's had he's got they're all different so you've got tap-ins you've got good finishes you've got headers in there so he's he's like you say, him and like Bose and Jacko are really making him as a, a good all round midfield player. Um and yeah, and he's he's come on leaps and bounds and he seems to be improving as the weeks go by, which is obviously great to see, but at the same time, as much as he's improving, he also increases the risk of actually losing him as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, that's always the worry here, unfortunately. <laughs> um George Lapsley Made a superb recovery challenge after after the ball was given away in midfield to stop Blackpool as they went through one on one and then then Mark, so now Mark Marshall was thrown on for the last twenty minutes or so and uh, the very first thing he did was actually win the ball and then cross it over the crossbar so I was thinking oh no if he hasn't sort of fallen back into into his previous uh, vein of form but he actually gave he gave uh, Blackpool some real problems in that last twenty minutes some good balls in there was that one that fell for a potential handball in the middle when the central defender sort of went down right next to Lyle Taylor. I mean, again, you could hear from, from Terry's reaction. It, from where we were, we couldn't quite tell. But, I mean, the, the players and the supporters behind the goal all seem certain as a handball. It's just one of those decisions that didn't go our way. And Boya, again, he, he was he wasn't didn't have too much to say about it after. Um, but you, you never know with a cross like that. If it, if it hits the hand while he's on the floor and it takes it away from Lyle Taylor, then you could argue that it stopped Taylor getting the ball. Yeah, it's difficult. Cause, I mean, handball should only be if it's done intentionally, isn't it? If, mm, um, that, that, that's the wording and, of the rule. But. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So it's, could, things like that, handball is so subjective. It's just down to an individual's interpretation of the law. So you might like that's why you might get get it one week and then not get the decision the next. And but um, but I think Bose would say, yeah, even if he did say it was a penalty, which he obviously said he, you know, he didn't really allude to it. But we had enough chances to get another goal. So as you could hear in the. Um, in the comms, uh, so yeah, so that was it. Could have been a penalty, but we did have other chances to put the game to bed, especially in the second half. Mm, yeah, I mean, we saw a uh, George uh, uh, Lapsy had a shot that went over the bar. Then I think probably our best chance of that last fifteen minutes or so was one where Carlin cut in from that from that far side onto his right foot, curled it, and only just went just past that far post. And also at the same time, Lyle Taylor was there. He may well have had a tap in, but he just couldn't quite uh, get onto it. And then uh, Reeves, he came on. Uh, only a cameo for him, but there's two very disappointing free kicks uh, put into the box from from, from Ben Reeves um, with everyone in there. Both of them uh, failed to beat the first man, which he w- he would have been frustrated with. Um, and then and then we get caught with that sucker punch, and it's the last thing you want to see. Uh, it was it was a lovely little through ball um, from Guy who'd just come off the bench, and uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan Delfonso got the wrong side of Jason Pearson. It's a good finish, but you know, it's just it's a real sucker punch to lose a game when it you, you feel like you're the team in the ascendancy. Yeah, and um, I think you said it earlier. It, it probably we done it at Burton. It was a smash and grab. Um, I don't know if it was a smash and grab yesterday for Burton. Cause I know they had uh, Burton for, for Blackpool. Because they did have quite a few. In that, that in, first, they, in that first half, they they feel like they they were much the team on top. So yeah. to say, it's, it's hard to say it was a smash and grab. I think a draw would have been a fair result. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those ones. But yeah, you, you're always going to get. I mean, the, the, you, obviously we've got a couple of the amount of late goals that we're having. I can't remember. I've, there was this was a couple of weeks ago where I looked at how many late goals changed the amount of points tally and the late goals we have four and against for us really it's absolutely mental really you look at Coventry um, what you got the home games we've had here the other the win against Shrewsbury it's well. just mad it's the amount of amount of sort of late drama we have in games um, which obviously causes some people to have bets because we thought we was going to win the uh, Jack of Jackpot as well at some stage yeah, yeah. that never come off unfortunately but yeah yeah, it's, it's, it's gutting, it was gutting, but then 
you know, they are a good team. Um, and we just have to dust ourselves down for Tuesday because the, the in December these come these come thick and fast now. These pictures, uh, these pictures, these fixtures. Yeah, um, I mean to, to talk about the, the the game as a whole. I mean, I, I saw someone put on one of the forums about how Billick plays in in the central defensive midfield. Now, of course, rather than defensive midfield, but I actually thought particularly in that second half, he was pretty impressive yesterday. So we know we know he's had some poor games in that role, but at the same time, once he can sort of grab a, a match by the scruff of the neck, then he, he can actually be quite an asset and he can certainly run with the ball, I'd say mm. probably better than Josh Cullen could do. So he does bring some, something slightly different to, to what Cullen does whilst he's out injured. Yeah, he does. And you just said it there. He, he very, um, he's very comfortable on the ball. He can drive with the ball. He, he's, he's a bigger lad and he's obviously more powerful than Josh. So whereas I think Josh is quite clever in terms of how he keeps the ball moving, like the water carrier, so to speak. But he'll always keep it moving. Um, but yeah, Billick is good. Uh, you know, like I said, he's good at his feet. He's powerful. He's good at set pieces. Um, but yeah, so I was delighted for him because, like you say, he did have that he, where he got subbed off. I can't remember. His Ross show it yeah, was. And yeah, subbed off, wasn't he? So yeah, and it was I'm delighted for him and because he's obviously got to step up now. Like you say, because jo- Josh is going to be out for another what four weeks, six weeks, maybe. Yeah, probably. I don't know yeah, for, it could be longer. Who knows? Exactly. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, delighted for Christian. Yeah, right. And so overall, then, so I mean, we don't want to get too down in the dumps when it no. is your first league league defeat uh, in five. You know, we we had those four wins in a row. We, we've dropped out of the playoffs for now. Of course, still got a game in hand. Tough game on Tuesday, of course, up at Portsmouth, which we're down at Portsmouth, which we'll talk about uh, towards the end of the show. But I mean, overall, like context of the season, sort of thing. You know, dust yourselves down and you have to go again. Yeah, it is, and I mean, I think if we had. If we, if we had everyone, you know, all the players that were fit, right now, I would say it'd be be disappointed to be seventh because we shouldn't be there. But given the, the where we have injuries, it's not like uh, just like one position. It's like all across. You had Pat there. You had obviously Josh, Pagey. Um, so in hindsight, if I look at it like that, we're not actually. I'm not that disappointed because we, yeah, we're seventh. We're only one away from. Fifth and sixth now because Barnsley lost yesterday to Wickham. So you still, you know, we've got three more games and we're halfway through the season. So we're there or thereabouts, but it's just this, but just this point we ain't nearer to Portsmouth as I would have thought. But we're not out of it by any means. And big game on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, we, we, with the squad that we have and with the size of our squads and the injuries and whatnot, I mean, it's it's hard to say what a realistic expectation would have been at this time of the year, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, can anything can change as well, can't it? So, especially with our injury sort of record. But I think if we if we get the likes of Josh back and and just keep him fit, and it'd be interesting to see what Bose does next month in the window if he can do anything. Because um, obviously Ward, his thing does expire, but I know he said that he might he wouldn't mind staying. But will Bo want to go in and get someone else for in a different position? I don't know, but yeah, I think I. I mean, looking at it now, you'll probably say it'd be disappointing if we didn't get into the playoffs. Because you look at the teams around us, you know, no disrespect, like the Blackpools and the Doncasters. We're more or less, I wouldn't say we're worse worse than them. I think we're probably slightly better. So we should be aimed for that top six, top six for sure. Which a lot of, well, I did. A lot of people were probably saying playoffs minimum this year. Um, but you've got to beat the, the teams in and around you. We didn't yesterday. So we need to try and put that back on Tuesday. Right, OK, let's hear what Lee Bayer had to say uh, after the game. Don't forget, you can have your say on this evening's show. Uh, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. Uh, there's a thread on there for this evening's show. You can have your say via any of those methods. A few of you already have, and we'll come on to those uh, in a little while. But yesterday, after the game, the 2-1 defeat, Upper Blackball, I caught up with uh, Charlton boss Lee Bayer, and uh, this is how he saw the contest. First half, we... We started off well, I think. Um, we moved the ball, and I thought, okay, we carry on doing this, then then we'll win the game comfortably. But then after ten minutes, maybe the, we started to do what they do, and, and was going long, and then it, it became like like a fight, really, a dog fight, and and they was winning more second balls and. Just scrappy, I thought. First half, obviously, we give them, give them a goal, goal start. Um, so yeah, first half wasn't good enough. But second half, I think we, we we controlled the game very well. Second half, created 
so many chances and uh, we just weren't ruthless enough and then they they nicked it at the end um, for me that once we equalised it was only one team going to win this game and, and I, it was just a matter of time for me and then to concede a, a poor goal like that is um, what was was obviously frustrating. I don't think we deserved that. Let's gave everything, you know. Um, we, we we didn't deserve to lose. The game's always going to get stretched as, you, as you're looking for that winner. And, and Chon, as you said, did seem to be the team in the ascendancy, and then you, you get, just get hit with one on, on on the counter like that. Yeah, and unfortunately that happens in football. Um, well, I learn from it. Pick them back up. Just said to Mike, you gave me everything there, and. First four, four, five minutes, you, you, you can't give a team a one-goal one goal lead. Um, and that's what we've done, and that, that's what's cost us at the end of the day. That and uh, a referee's decision in the first half. Uh, the, the referee's decision in the second half not to award a penalty when there was a potential handball, the, the Charlton players all around it, right in front of the Charlton fans as well. Did you have a good view on that? Uh, yes, a bit far away, but... Um, the, the fourth official was saying like he slid and then they hit him on the arm. I, I, I've not seen it, so I can't I can't really comment on that. But the lads appealed loudly, so there must have been must have hit his arm for sure. But that, basically, the, the the tilt should have been sent off first off. Like he's been booked, and then he rugby tackles Lowell once he's gone past him. It's the most blatant yellow card I've ever seen in my life. It should be sent off, and I don't want to see no one get sent off. But stick to the rules. <laughs> like, like, you can't just make them up. It's it's wrong, you know. Like, and, and again, you can say that's cost us. Like another refereeing decision is like, they, they go down to ten men. That's it. Well, we we dominating. We dominated the second half. We we we've eleven. So to, to do, if they'd have gone down to ten, which they should have done, even their manager said this year it was definitely a yellow card. Even him, even the fourth official said, "Yeah, well, if he hadn't already been booked, then he might have got." Well, come on, so you, you're blatantly making up the rules. Like it's just wrong, you know. Like you can't, because these things cost you. Instead of us getting three points, we have got no points. So yeah, it's a frustrating day. With the frustrations, obviously you, you'll take the positives from that, that, that second half performance and, and try and make sure they take that into Tuesday now with, with Portsmouth coming so soon, soon, soon after today. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, they've won again today, Portsmouth. Uh, and they don't concede many goals, so <laughs> it's going to be tough. I'm sure it'll be uh, packed out there as well. And um, So, yeah, we, we need to... We need to dust ourselves down and uh, get ready for Tuesday. Jamie Ward uh, was missing from the squad today. He said during the week it could, it could be a couple of weeks, and obviously his loan spell is coming to an end now. Do you think there's any chance you're going to try and keep him on beyond January? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, where I'll look at that situation once once we get nearer the time. At the moment, I'm just just need to concentrate on what, what I'm doing here and now. So, do you know what exactly his injury is? Uh, fire. I think it's a fire. Um, fire strain, I think. It's so. still looking like a couple of weeks, do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's um, at least two weeks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lyle Taylor has a glorious chance on his Addicts debut. Gives Charlton a lead. A referee blows whistle. Taylor steps up. Lyle Taylor scores yes! for Charlton. Charlton take the lead after nine minutes. Lyle Taylor on his Charlton debut gives the away side an unlikely lead. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on uh, Maritime Radio on your Sunday afternoon, actually. It's uh, obviously a, a slightly different show uh, this evening because we're going off to the playoff final dinner. also means we'll be cutting mm. the show slightly short, but um, uh, we'll be off uh, getting boozed up with the uh, our heroes from 1998. So it should be, should be a good evening and of course all for uh, in aid of the Community Trust, which do such good work. Uh, in in London and the South East uh, and represent the club so well so uh, yeah looking forward to that thank you for for joining us those of you who have joined us early this evening um, otherwise uh, you'll be listening on the podcast as per usual so you won't really notice any difference but uh, yeah we just heard from Lee Bowyer there Um, yeah he always uh, speaks with his heart on his sleeve doesn't he and uh, clearly wound up about the (laughs) The, the the situation with this Curtis tilt. Now I have to compl- put my hands up, and I said I didn't see it. Um, it must have happened at one point where either I couldn't see properly, mm. or I didn't have the clear view on what happened. But um, everyone else who was talking about it said it, it had to be a second yellow card, and, and that makes a big difference. I mean, Boya, you know, didn't go straight for that. He was talking about the performance, and he admitted that we weren't our fluid best in that first half, but. I guess when you're a manager as well, and you see these small margins that could go either way, you just kind of wish, kind of wish that the referee's paying attention more than I was. Yeah, I think, like you say, he's an honest guy, and I think that's what a lot of a lot of the fans like is someone who just says it as it is. And um, but like you say, he didn't come out and when obviously when you interviewed him, he didn't come out straight away and just oh, straight away about the. Um, about the ref, you know, he said that we weren't good enough, and then you can't hide your frustration. That you know, the fans would probably be thinking exactly the same. And if their manager even turned around and said that it was probably a yellow, then you can understand why he's going to be frustrated. But yeah, no, him being honest is is, is good for all of us. Especially um, heard on the one yesterday we caught, <laughs> when he called all their three defenders the meatheads. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that absolutely killed me. Yeah, but, yeah, but right. yeah, I think that it's quite refreshing having managers like that, and they don't just sort of play. Because you know, post match, they're they're still emotional people as well, and their emotions are going to be sort of still sky high. So you can't expect managers to really be like a robot and say everything you want. But yeah, I like him being honest. Yeah. Um, now, of course, uh, the, the main talking point of last week was the fact that we rested all these players uh, in the FA Cup, and uh, you know, uh, you you therefore say well that they should be fresher for the start of that second half. It, it didn't really sort of turn out that way, did it? And now. Uh, the the lights of Blackpool, I think, played a fairly strong team in their games against Solihull, and you know, loads of other teams in our league played strong teams, and, and it didn't seem to affect them yesterday. So now, now it, it, there's so many uh, hypothetical questions here. But if we had played a stronger team last week, would we automatically have looked more fresh rather than a bit sluggish in the first half yesterday? I mean, that's that's the questions that a lot of people have been asking hmm. around. It, I guess it's never easy to prove either way which one it would have been. If we had played a full strength team last week and won and not got any injuries, we may well have had loads of confidence this week and gone straight into it. But at the same time, you know, there, there could have been players who needed a rest and, and are happy for it and were able, therefore, to play this week because they had a bit of a rest last week. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, you're never really going to... No, we could have played our full strength last week, won last week and turned up today and got battered for, uh, yesterday and got battered 4-0. You know, and it's not that sort of that clear cut. But I understand people's opinions in terms of... <clears throat> resting the players and stuff but I me personally I agree 100% on what Bo's done um, I would have done the same yeah well, you know the result didn't go our way this time but it's not the end of the world you know it's not like if you rest your players you're guaranteed to win the next Saturday you know Blackpool are a good team but 
Um, I think some of the changes he made, I think he might have had an eye on Tuesday for sure, especially mm. with like, um, like I think like Anthony will probably come in for Toby and that sort of stuff. So yeah, you're not, you're not going to guarantee, but it's like you say, it's hard to because I, as soon as we went because as soon as we went one nil down, I saw some people piping up on Twitter, and then it was one all, and then no one said anything, which was quite funny, and then two one, they all come back again. So, <laughs> so you know, it's, it's fair and enough, it was two but, one when we we could have quite easily have been the team yeah. to have taken that two one lead. And Mark Anderson's just tweeted in actually. Uh, pointed out uh, Charlton's record in December. Yeah. Uh, well, he's described it with a picture of a, a picture of a dog smoking in a winter's jacket. But I think <laughs> I think it's like oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlton's record in December now. So so now, including yesterday, our last thirty-four games, league games that we played in December, we've only won twice. I mean, that run goes back about five years. I think or uh, six years, two thousand and twelve. Yeah, no, it would have been five years I worked it out to. Um, I mean, that is the problem is, in all of those years, we've always had a squad that's a bit too small. And now when you're starting to, to reach the the difficult, busy part of the midwinter of, mm. of the season, you know, December's always a, a difficult month. That's when it's going to start to cost us. And you just hope that it doesn't really catch up with, with us again this year as it has done over the last few. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, December's loads of, loads of games. And, you know, if you go on a bad run of form in December, you could find yourself cut adrift from the... You know, the, from the playoff pack, so um, it's a bit. It's, I, I can't really put your feet. You can't really put your finger on it, really. I don't know if it's just they don't like the cold, or they just start boozing. <laughs> they might just like a drink, but I don't know. But you know, it's, well, it's that's not it's proven. A, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's an odd, it's an odd, uh, yeah. it's an odd stat. But it, you know, you can't hide from the fact. But um, yeah, we we really need to keep in touch with this top six, mm. bit of, just to get into January, just in case there's any hope of. Both spend not spending but getting bodies in on loan. Yeah, right. Let's have a look at some of these uh, messages that started coming in uh, yesterday. Cliff Scales, we disappointing uh, to lose yesterday. We should have got at least a point, but you don't always get what you deserve in football. We didn't deserve to win at Burton, but we did. Des- uh, but we did. Uh, there's still a long way to go. Let's bounce back at Portsmouth on Tuesday. I said, I mean, that is that does seem to be very much like the the karma coming back round to get us on the to bite us on the backside for that for that win at um at Burton Albion a couple of weeks ago where we never deserved to win and yesterday, you know, we were certainly the, the, the team that seemed to be the ascendancy as we went into that closing fifteen, twenty minutes. You know, Boyer said it himself and I agree that it, it did only look like at that point there was only going to be one team to win it, but then Lapsley went off, Reeves come on, Blackpool's just started to gain a little bit more in midfield. They had a, a shot that only just went over the bar. I think it was from Daniels or, or someone and then not long after, had, had that winning goal. So it's just one of those ones where you're disappointed because your performance probably merited more than what you got. Yeah, and you're going to get those in the season. But then, like Cliff said, um, you might get games where you don't deserve anything, but then you'll get points. So I think it all swings around about. So I just don't, I don't think we should be too. Yeah, it did be gutted that you know the performance wasn't there, but not be too disheartened because we win on Tuesday with what four points off Luton. Or something, you know, and then we'll get what thirty-seven. We'll be on, yeah. so it's like it's not the end of the world, you know. It's so tight there up there, and yeah, Luton on forty-one. We're on thirty-four. Luton have uh, played a game more than us. They're in yeah. second. Obviously, now you're looking at Sunderland have only played uh, nineteen. We've played twenty. They're on forty. They had their game abandoned yesterday. So there are teams above us who are in much more comfortable position. Obviously, mm. Pompey are on forty-seven. So they're already thirteen points ahead of us. So you'd have to struggle to see us catching up with them. Yeah. Um, just checking how far we are above relegation. Yeah, we're safe. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, no, we're we're. I, I think top two is going to be a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But if we if we win tomorrow, then like I say we're we're only going to be what, four points behind Luton. So you never know. But yeah. I think I think you know we have to aim for the playoffs. I think someone tweeted uh, as much in earlier. Big Blue said it's obvious our only hope of promotion is through the playoffs. And I, I do agree with him. And I think uh, mm. I think that's probably what I've been hoping for all season that we can aim for the for the playoffs. Right? Spenny said people calling for Boyer to go is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Under the current ownership and injury crisis, he's doing a brilliant job. He is a passionate. Uh, he is passionate about the club. Who could do uh, a better job? Well, now I mean I have to admit I, I've, I haven't actually seen too many people calling for Boyer's head. I think there was one on the Facebook group yesterday. And I, I assume they were joking because. I mean, obviously, we've come off this good run. It's a disappointing result. Um, last week in the FA Cup, people weren't too happy with, with with one or two things as well, obviously, about the changes. But overall, I mean, we, he's still doing a good job. He's still considering how we're feeling um, <laughs> how we're feeling earlier um, at, at the start of the season. We, we, we're in a much more healthy position. Oh, yeah, of course we are. And I think we've got players now that... Um, players that we didn't have 
last year, but now they're all of a sudden injured. So, I mean, yeah, for, that's what I said earlier. In terms of the injuries we've got, and they're for key players, you know, like Josh Cullen, he makes us tick. Um, and I, even though we won four on the bounce, which is great, I, you can still see when he's not playing how, you know, I don't think we were as fluid, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, we're not miles away from anyone. So yeah, we just need to, we just need to try and put a little mini run together. Not maybe not necessarily a winning run. It'd be nice, but just an unbeaten run just to keep in the pack until January. Mm, Sebo taught you in saying, I, I will be the dinner uh, <laughs> tonight, which uh, I mean, yeah. And, and you, you saying, Nate, you're not that hungry now, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad that it's come to that stage where we're after going to eat Sebo. Um, uh, I think I think you meant he's coming uh, to he's the coming dinner. At, yeah. I will be at the dinner uh, this evening. Which we look forward to seeing you there, Sebo. Uh, obviously, saw him yesterday. I uh, saw him a couple of times. I saw him at Preston Station, uh, and then I saw him, yeah, on both ways, back and forth. And I saw him in Sainsbury's as well with his Santa hat on after the game. Oh, yesterday, yeah. He loves it. Uh, Tom uh, says, uh, Tom Bramley says, unfortunately, I was one of the few to go to Blackpool yesterday. The first half was the worst 45 minutes that I've seen this season. Uh, I try to back Boya as much as I can, but the players look sluggish and slow after their 10-day break. So mm. Tom's arguing that perhaps maybe even that break did did sort of have them off the pace a little bit, maybe a little bit sluggish. I mean, is that possible? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so hard to say, isn't it? I mean, we have international breaks and do all, all of a sudden are we sluggish after that? Yeah, possibly, but then you could flip it the way around and say, you know, they had it give, gave them extra time to get rid of, rid of any um, sort of minor injuries or anything. But um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. From what I from what I can gather, I think it, the whole team was off the pace, and not just the individuals that were rested. Because um, you still had some players that were playing in that Mansfield game, yeah, albeit not all of them. Um, but yeah, I can understand it. The questions will be asked. Of course, so if you if you wrestle the players, you don't win your following game. I think it was like when we done the uh, England done it, didn't we, in the Euros or something the other year when we rested players against Slovakia for the Iceland game or something, wasn't it? And then that turned out well, but um, yeah, it's it's all hindsight for me. Yeah, right, Mark uh, Anderson uh, said he had a little nose at what his his uh, what West Ham family were up to yesterday mm. at half time. Charlton and West Ham were both losing. He said he fancied a come back from both but alas I had to endure a cockney knees up while dying uh, inside and said it's a big game Tuesday yeah I mean we, we, we had the same so we had the bet where Charlton to be losing at half time and win at full time for, for the Jacko's jackpot bet and we had the, the first half uh, defeat in, in hand and then we thought you know especially with that last 20 minutes we might come out winners there but unfortunately uh, unfortunately not right Jimmy C said it's all so predictable we battle away with limited resources but the squad depth ends up being exposed until we get new owners whoever they may be that's the way it's going to be. Just sell the club, uh, Roland, and that does. Seem, I mean, it even happened under the previous owners. As I say, this this weird December thing. We had that under that that year when when it, we started off still with Slater and Jimenez. The, the squad was so stagnant that year, and we we found ourselves in trouble uh, going into December. And it's because the the squad dis, there's, there's no room for sort of maneuver maneuvement. No room for maneuver. Yeah, there we go. Maneuvement. Yeah. <laughs> Blimey, uh, at, uh, at times, and that and that can and that can obviously hold us back. Yeah, I think you'd, when it comes to the semi, you're playing Bowie's favourite saying: "Choose your Saturday, choose your Saturday." Yeah, um, you, you, yeah, you're going to need to rotate. Um, but Bowie doesn't; he can do it in some positions. In you know, he might be able to do it up top, or whatever. But in the middle of the park, he can't. And then you're going to play places like Blackpool, where the pitches are heavy. And it takes out your legs. So, you know, you've got George and Joe, and then they're, they're now going to have to go to a, a difficult side at Portsmouth and then do it again. So that's the only difficult side thing, because the squad depth is so short, you can't change it up. Mm. Excellent. Right, Rocco said, disappointing result and a tough game to follow on Tuesday. With the league so open, we have to win these games. With the late win at Burton, uh, there was a glimpse for a top two push. We must get into a similar run as the top four to stay around that top end of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing wrong there. Right, also Southwest Addict, how do you say, uh, on the forum, said after four league wins in a row, it's difficult to be annoyed after losing at Blackpool. I do feel the injuries in midfield to Cullen, Prattley, Reeves, etc. have probably been keen, uh, key sorry, to our poor performances against Bristol, Burton and Blackpool. I'm still certain we will finish in the top six. I fully expect us to beat most, most teams at home in this division. I do feel we suffer from complacency against smaller clubs away from home the likes of Rochdale Scunny Blackpool and Accrington I think we would get at least a draw at Portsmouth on Tuesday I would not be surprised if we put in our best performance of the season on Tuesday as we usually raise our game 
against the better clubs. And mm. uh, yeah, certainly. And we will be looking ahead to that game uh, with Paul Smith just after this because uh, yesterday, uh, Tom Wallin and Lewis Catt from Charlton Live were both up there at Bloomfield Road to watch how the addicts got on. They recorded an audio diary for us. This is how their day went down up on the Fire Coast. That's about 20 minutes to kick off. Uh, I'm here with Charlton Live's Lewis Cat. Lewis, what do you make of the platform so far? We've been here, what, 24 hours? What, what are your thoughts? Windy. <laughs> very windy. <laughs> very, very windy. A um, bit fragile from last night. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice little ground, isn't it? It's uh, very empty. Mm. Very, very empty. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cold and wet here today, but I know last year you had the disappointment not getting a game at all. So at least it looks like we're going to get a game this season down here. So yeah big game today yeah I was going to say an hour ago when the rain was pouring again I was thinking not second time but yeah your first time up to Blackpool what are you expecting today from John well I'm hoping that we can win today really push that um, you know get a bit of a gap on the top six um, I think win today can actually carry us up a couple of spots um, yeah. with the game in hand on Tuesday night if we can get something up at Portsmouth which would be which would be brilliant you know we're, we're really looking to push at that top two so I think it's really important that we try and get a result today um, Blackpool are not doing too bad themselves but on paper you look at the two sides really you know Charlton have got to have the better of the uh, the better of the starting 11s definitely um, they've got Joe Dodo in there starting 11 who didn't impress at all during his time at Charlton for me last season so if he can get in the Blackpool starting 11 then I'm sort of to me it sort of flags up maybe depth wise they're not too great but they're doing alright in the league so far mm. so obviously something's working for them but I think that we've got enough to beat them today and in terms of that team news I think 10 changes from a side that uh, lost to Doncaster in the FA Cup I suppose the headline news really is Toby Stevenson coming in for his league debut what have you made of him so far I mean obviously got an eye for goal but just in general his performances so far he's been alright I mean I, I saw him up at the uh, at the Stevenage game where obviously he was sensational um, showed that he's definitely got a keen eye for goal impressive hat-trick up there and had a couple of tests now against Doncaster in Mansfield and, and looked alright I thought maybe had a couple of shaky moments at uh, Doncaster last weekend but all in all really young so it's great for him to be in the starting 11 um, and it's good that you know Lee Bowie keeps giving these opportunities to the young players who are our academy um, and I think he'll do well today he's got plenty of good heads around him that can that can support him you know the likes of Jason Pierce, Chris Solly Patrick Barr in that back line uh, Billy just in front of them as well um, he's got plenty of support around him and I think it's key you know to, to sort of bloody these youngsters in games like this um, sort of show him what he's made of and obviously a chance again for George Lapsu we saw him at the start of the season against Sunderland really impressive he's had little cameos really since then but back in the starting 11 today what do you expect from him today? Uh, I've been really impressed with George Lapsley all season um, and I think you mentioned to me yesterday um, I think his debut last season against, was against Blackpool and he looked a little bit lightweight and a little bit off it um, so when he came in to start against Sunderland I think we were all a little bit worried um, especially with the squad depth as it was then but since he's been in the side he's been he's been really impressive he's, he's got real fight about him and he, he chased every ball down he seems to have an unbelievable engine on him he never seems to stop running and, and that's what we ask he's a proper Charlton player and I think obviously that stems from him being such a big Charlton fan as well he's just got that sort of fight and desire to, to chase down any loose ball you know he won't duck out of a tackle and um, it's good for him I imagine he's living his childhood dream playing for his childhood club and, and performing well and uh, yeah it's great to see Half time, 1 0 Blackpool. Uh, players haven't really turned up. Do you reckon they were in Pop World last night as well, Lou? They must have been, mate. Yeah, the way they're playing, I think they've got. They're not, they've got a sore head than I have at the moment. <laughs> it's not great. Just sloppy in possession. Can't seem to string any passes together. The most most impressive person on the pitch has been Jed Steer with a couple of great saves. And yeah, Charlton's haven't turned up. Looked, looked all right in sort of the opening couple of minutes. Had a couple of chances up there, but. Apart from that, we're just lumping the ball long, and the wind's against us every time. It's just, it's just not effective. And Lee Bowyer was really disappointed at halftime. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in that dressing room. Definitely not. And he was. Uh, I don't think those fans wanted to get too close to him either, did they? In that first half, because he was kicking off a little bit. And you're right. He's got to be frustrated with the play the players are playing because it just doesn't look like they've turned up so far. No, not at all. And I think it's, these are the big games that matter. You know, we're we're knocking around the playoffs with these guys. They're a couple of points below us at the moment. And these are the results that you need to pick up and if, we're gonna, if you want to make up any ground and you know he's won, he's won the manager of the month and he came out yesterday saying he doesn't believe in the curse and he's he's so determined to you know to get the win today and, and sort of break that duck but they play like that second half they've got absolutely no chance so Blackpool could have had about three in that half 
it's a it's a cliche in it about getting stuck in and you know it's raining it's windy it's cold but you think back to that game at Burton the other week when we managed to get that 2-1 win and Bo you said a Charlton team last season wouldn't have got that win they showed the character then but to me it just seems like the fight just doesn't seem to be there today we're being overrun and out fought all over the park what do you, what do you think put, uh, you put that down to? It's just a, it's, I'm, as sh- I'm as shocked as you are mate really. I think it's it's a completely different performance you know we've proved that we can win dirty and we've proved that we've got the grit and the determination to grind out a result when we know when we're maybe being outplayed but today we've just been outplayed completely and have had nothing on the ball absolutely nothing and whether the weather contributes to it I don't think it can because it was pretty grim up at Burton on the Tuesday night I think how I think it's hard in this sort of stadium to sort of get sort of wired up for a game uh, it's quite flat you know mm. the ongoing problems with, with Blackpool and the Oysters and it's, it's a pretty pretty empty ground and there's not really an atmosphere so it feels like a bit like a pre-season friendly it does doesn't it it's bizarre uh, maybe that can that can play a part I suppose there's not really a lot you know, there's nothing spurring the players on we're at the other end of the pitch to the uh, strikers at the moment so maybe second half we've got Carlin and Lyle up this end maybe we can you know, get behind them a little bit see if it spurs them on but they've got to be a massive change um, there has to be a huge change in the second half last season I came up the game got called off before the game but with the rain now what do you reckon the chances are of this game getting called off in the second half because I don't know <laughs> if it's coming across on the audio but it is tipping it down now yeah I mean just before we left the pub earlier it was absolutely bucketing down wasn't it and uh we were sort of hoping that the game would go ahead. I mean, at the, moment, the way they're playing at the moment, it wouldn't be too bad if it got cooled off. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully this passes because this is uh, this is horrendous, and I'm already thinking about our walk back. So. <laughs> Uh, not not really enjoy that at all. And um, just finally, would you see any changes at half time, or what do you see Bo you're doing in the second half to try and wake him up a little bit? I don't know. I, don't, I think he's pretty handicapped to be fair at the moment in terms of what he can do to make a real change. Uh, you talked about that narrow midfield not working, though. Do you think maybe even just adjusting the formation slightly? Yeah, I think it, maybe. I think that's something you'd have to look at. Um, but with Billick sort of playing that defensive mid role, you know, we've mentioned in the first half that maybe he's not. He's not really doing that role greatly at the moment. He, he's proved that he can do it in a couple of games, but up at Rochdale, he, he had a really bad time of it. He's having a very similar performance today. Um, but in terms of bringing anyone off the bench, I mean, you've got Ben Reeves there, but he's probably not 100% fit. He's probably better suited to a narrow diamond than the light, you know, Fosu maybe. I, I haven't been too impressed with Tariq Fosu in the first half. Um, seems to be in all the wrong places. I think we've saying that his most, you know, his most effective area is out on the wing, and at the moment we just see him sort of plodding around in the middle. And, you know, it's not he's not doing a job there. He's not tracking his runners. He's not he's not working to get back really. He's just, he's just sort of sat in the middle, stagnant. So whether he changes that up maybe for Ben Reeves, I'm not too sure. But this is the sort of game we we need a Darren Prattley character, yeah. a, a Josh Cullen, and it's showing we're really missing that today. Um, but you know it's still 45 minutes to go so it's not all doom and gloom it is only 1-0 45 minutes to go Charlton are 1-0 down here at half time at Blackpool second half coming up fingers crossed the Reds improve their performance Charlton level it looked to be Jorah Rebo or maybe an own goal but brilliant work from Carlin in the build up as well back in this game Lewis yes mate and um, you know again a bit of a slow start from Alex but Carlin Grant we said in the first half probably the only player with a bit of credibility the best player so far on the pitch so good for him to get the assist Joe Rebo on the end of it maybe who knows it was a bit of a, a, bit of a scramble but oh we're away oh, 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 we'll stay Lyle Taylor with the ball across oh, it's over the bar and another goal for Joe Rebo if they're going to credit to him how important are those goals been to us so far this season not having to rely on Lyle and Carlin well it's been great I mean Especially with um, with Joe Reba, I know it's something that he really wanted to add to his game. Um, something that you know Lee Bowie has wanted to bring to Joe Reba's game. So the fact that we've seen him improve season upon season, more, more goals has managed to notch for the Addicts. It's, it's good. So it's good progression for Joe and another goal for him. Hopefully, I think it'll be. Uh, I think he will get credited with that one. Hopefully, Addicts much improved. Just one all here. Half an hour left at Bloomfield Road. So in the 85th minute, Nathan Delfonso puts Blackpool 2-1 up, probably against the balance of uh, play in the second half. I thought we battered them really after going one all, but uh, it's our first defeat in the league in a long, long time, Lewis. Yeah, it's the curse of the manager of the month, isn't it? <laughs> Had to be, or December, either or. It's two, two curses in one day, so... I don't know. First, what? Not good enough first half at all. Not good enough first half. Um, second half, big improvement. Got the goal after that again. Like you said, a couple of chances. You know, probably should have scored not long afterwards. We had, we had quite a few good opportunities to, to get the lead. But you know, 
will break away. Another poor goal to concede. I thought so so exposed on the left hand side. I thought our defence, especially on each on each width, you know, Solly and Stevenson probably didn't have their best games today. Um, and I think that proved costly, and uh, you know, we've lost here today. Yeah, and where do we go from here on Tuesday? Obviously, got to go down to Fratton Park. I think they've won again today. And uh, that midfield just looks looks weak. You'd expect Portsmouth to exploit that as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, Tuesday worries me, to be fair. It does worry me. Um, we just, we've got to be able to battle more in the middle of the park. But we're missing that that big player, that, that Darren Bratley, that, you know, Josh Cullen, a force of mold that will sit in front of the back four. You know, Philip had a, a, a pretty poor first half. Second half, there was a slight improvement, but I think he is better suited to the um, to just playing in the back four anyway. Um, I, I see changes at Portsmouth, but we haven't got the squad to not make any changes. Um, I don't think Stevenson will get a game on uh, on Tuesday night. I think he sort of had a bit of a schooling today by yeah. Blackpool. Um, of course, probably well, would definitely be too much for him if he, if he was struggling today. So I see changes, but he's limited to where he can make them. So you know, we've got to go again Tuesday night and try and get a result, but it's going to be very difficult up at Grand Park. Yeah. So full time here, Blackpool two, Charlton one. A disappointing afternoon at Bloomfield Road. We're going to go and warm up because it is absolutely freezing. There we go, that was Tom and Lewis's uh, di diary of the day up at Blackpool, uh, the 2-1 defeat. Right, we draw a line under that, and as, uh, as the lads were talking about afterwards, now we have to go and face a Portsmouth team who've won uh, their last eight in all competitions, uh, unbeaten in their last 13 in all competitions. Uh, I mean, this is a real test. We went to Fratton Park towards the end of the last season as both teams were pushing for the playoffs. And, you know, Portsmouth actually looked really nervous in that first half last season. Uh, we beat them. They ran out of steam. They finished outside of the playoffs. We got into them. But it looks like Kenny Jackett's just continued his uh, rebuilding job uh, that he's doing down there at Fratton Park. And he's got them as uh, right at the top of the league uh, and looking very good this season. Yeah, no, they are. And um, they're consistent. And that's um, obviously doing, doing wonders. So... It's going to be it's going to be difficult. It was hard going there last year when we won one nil, but um, it's going to be a bit of a trickier uh, tie this time around. So, yeah, we will just have to crack on with it and just hopefully we can nick something. I take a draw personally, but oh yeah, certainly. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how we get on. I mean, so we're going to have to go up there. We're going to have to look uh, organised. We're going to have to be difficult to break down. I think. I mean, if, if you remember back to the the opening day of the season, the performance away to Sunderland. You know, obviously we got undone un unfortunately by that that goal right at the end but in that game we, we had an early lead and we actually had more more chances to, to, to go further ahead but we defended well and made it difficult uh, to be to be broken down and that's what we're going to have to be looking at when we get down to, to, to the game on Tuesday yeah for sure I mean and, and I think that's going to be key on how he sets up if he's going to put three at the back maybe will he put Billick in there or will he keep it as a four um, I think yeah I think Duke Steele will come back into the side um but yeah, again, we're playing a team that don't concede many goals. So if we do get chances, we need to make sure we take them because we might only get one. Mm. Um, so that that'll be key for Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, what sort of uh, is there any changes specifically? I think I mean people saying perhaps Toby Stevenson might not be risk, you know, for, for for a young man to have to play two games in, in, in just a few days. It might be a bit a bit tough for him. So you imagine he'd be changed. Hopefully, if uh, if Dick still be ready, or maybe even Naby Sard to go at left back. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think you'd probably put Solly out there, maybe, and then Jick Stewart right back. But or Sark could come in if he wants to put a three there. So yeah, you can't really change too much in terms of the middle of the park. I'd imagine obviously Joe will play. I think Reeves might get a game, um, and then that's what I mean. Are you going to put Lapsley in there again? So you can't really change up at the moment. So. I think we've pretty uh, got our hands tied, really, who we can play. Yeah, and uh, obviously there won't be any change up top. So, I mean, how, how do you see it going on Tuesday? Are you going down there, Nath? Uh No, I'm not going down there on Tuesday. No, no, not Tuesday. No, yeah. next Saturday, obviously. But um, no, I'm not about on Tuesday. Yeah. But how, how do you think we get on? I'm I'm going to say nil nil. I said that for Saturday, but I reckon it's going to be a draw. Yeah, you can see us uh, nicking something. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that will be the case. Right, of course, as I has said, it's the uh, the player final dinner here at the Valley this evening. So we're going to be uh, shooting off in a couple of minutes. Congratulations, though, to the women's team. Yeah. Uh, they are joint top of the uh, the championship. They've uh, got 25 points after they won again this afternoon. Two 0 down against Lewis at the Dripping Pan. Goals from Lizzie Juppie and Lily Ag. 
uh, as they continue their superb start to uh, to life in the FA Women's Championship. So well done to to them. Let's hope that they uh, they can continue their their good form after the winter break. Now no more league games until the next year. Um, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's hope they can. Let's hope that Charlton can uh, get back to winning ways, or at least go and get something uh, when we travel down to Fratton Park on Tuesday. Right. Thanks to all of you who've listened uh, live this evening, and to those of you, of course, who've downloaded the podcast via Acast or iTunes. Uh, those of you who emailed in and, and tweeted as well, thanks very much. Uh, Nathan, thanks for coming in. No worries, mate. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been a short and short night because uh, we're off to the playoff final dinner. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. And uh, we'll be back here at some point next week for the big match preview. Details to follow during the week because it might not be on Thursday again because uh, uh, of uh, availability of people. But we let you know. This has been Chart and Life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Chart and Life. Chart and Life. <laughs>